And Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that'll come out of this service today. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Come on, everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Would you love on one person today? Speak life into them. Let them know that you're glad to see them. And then you can be seated. Praise God. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. Praise God. All right, we want to get right to where we need to go uh, in this service. Last week, we started a series entitled Into Me You See. And it's really a series about communication and relationships, right? And so we can't really have intimacy with someone that we don't know how to communicate with. Would everyone agree with that statement? Right? And so... Today, I think, will be some good information for you because the differences between men and women are so vast that a lot of times it hinders us from being able to actually communicate to each other in an effective way. And so on last week in our introduction, we talked about at the core of every healthy relationship is this ability of two people to successfully communicate with each other. We, we use Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 as our foundation text from the Amplified Bible. And it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. And so Solomon, he knew what he was talking about when he said that because he understood the character of God. God shaped and formed this world by his words. And since we're made in the image and likeness of God, we shape and we form our world through our words. And so if you want more life, I mean, you have to speak more life, right? And so we have to accept that we are where we're at today because of our choice of words. But we can also change where we're at today if we'll just change our choice of words. And so last week we talked about know your counterpart because everyone is different. I mean, no, I can't try to treat her like someone else. She is her own unique individual person, so I've got to know who she is and what makes her tick and vice versa. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to go right to that information. Today we're going to talk about, uh, once I get there, or did I go Honoring past and yeah. accepting gender differences. Thank you, babe. Honoring and accepting gender differences. That's what we do. That's what we do. Help each other. Thanks, babe. All right. The best way to follow along today is in the YouVersion Bible app. Just go to the events section. Click on Linked Up Church. The outline is right there. We believe this information will be helpful and useful for you today. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the Amplified Bible. Honor and accept gender differences. How many know men and women are vastly different? Mars, Venus. Right? Now, this might shock you all, but most day of the night. Day and night. <laughs> most of the time, I don't understand her. Most of the time, she doesn't understand me. So we have to work to understand each other. It doesn't just happen automatically. 1 Peter 3, 7, the Amplified says, in the same way. So if you understand the context of 1 Peter chapter 3, it uses this word likewise in the King James Version. So really, everything that applies to the woman applies to the man, and everything that applies to the man applies to the woman. And so anytime that we're talking, it really applies to both individuals. So notice what he says here, the Amplified. Let me add this, but God in his infinite wisdom, when he highlights a specific element to a specific group of people, he knows that you need to pay specific, uh, attention. Uh, uh, specific uh, attention to this area. Hence, boom. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the Amplified. In the same way, you husbands, you husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Yes. Listen to this, the Amplified. With great gentleness great. and tact. <laughs> that word tact there is a military term. I mean, we need training on how to live with them. What you trying to say? And this is going to, and you all need training on how to we live do. with us. We do. But, but, but let me help you understand. The training can't come from your parents. Oh, did you hear that young fellow back? Hey, man. That was a little kid back there. Watch this. Because we will never be our parents. The only person that can train me 
and give me the tact on how to live with her is her. But understand, parents, you do set a good example. Let me say this. You do set an example. We pray that it's a good example, right? And so he's got, he has to live with her in an understanding way with great gentleness and tact. Watch this. And with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship. Intelligent. Intelligent, which means he did his homework before he got into it. A wise man will understand what he's getting into before he gets into it. Don't just run out here and get married. You look good. I look good. We look good together. And Hello, we're going to make somebody. some cute babies. You got to have an intelligent understanding of what it is that you're getting yourself into. As with someone physically weaker, since she is a woman, show her honor and respect honor as and a respect. fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers be not hindered or ineffective. ineffective. So in other words, how you treat me will directly impact God hearing your prayers. Yeah, and I didn't say this in the first service, but actually the Spirit of God woke me up at like 2.30 this morning, and he put that in there with an intelligent regard uh, with someone who was physically weaker. And so when I woke up, I actually asked God, because that's kind of how he deals with me, uh, what do you mean by that? And so sometimes when the communication breaks down, what the man wants to do is physically show her that he, he can handle this. And what he's saying here is don't ever treat her that way. You've got to understand she was his daughter long That's before good. she was your wife. Yes. And yes. what he's saying is if you want to be aggressive with her, then you won't be able to hear from me. And a man that cannot hear from God is not going far in life. That's right. That's right. So communication then is absolutely vital to the human experience. Let me say this too. So a man should never put his hands on a woman. Yes. For no reason. Now I hear all the ladies saying amen. I want to try that one more time. I said a real man will never put his hands on a woman for no reason. Right? And at no time should he ever walk around the house. What you say? What? He never, ever should present himself as being physically third-degree black belt right there. All right? Are you listening, man? If you have to do that, you are really not the leader in that relationship. But also, women, it is never acceptable. Oh, go ahead and say that piece. It's never. It's a two-way street because women can be abusive. But it's never acceptable to get used to being abused. Never. One time. Two no, times. No, never. 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 There's no apology great enough without fruitful repentance that makes that an acceptable environment. So with that being said, communication then is triple, triple, quadruple, trillion times imperative in the human experience and and this is regardless of us being different that's man I'm woman we cannot expect to understand everything about one another we can't even expect to predict one another's actions thoughts or responses so that's where we have to just embrace who they are and learn them and like he said the only one that can teach you about their spouse, uh, your spouse is your spouse. So God desires for us to communicate with each other in ways that will solve problems, build relationships, and ultimately glorify who he is. Because marriage is his example in the earth of who he is in heaven. He is a triune God. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they are in covenant and, and in holy matrimony with one another to get it done on the earth. And we are that example when we include God in our relationships. Right. But God is so infinite in his wisdom that not only does he speak to us spiritually in our differences and how to deal with one another, he made us that way. So I'm just going to point out some biological, neurological, physiological facts about how he made us and how different we are, man and woman, and how intentional you have to be about your communications, your efforts to communicate effectively with one another. Science is, all, I mean, I love it because science ends up proving God right all the time. Every time, every time. 
And it, what starts out in an effort to just disprove God only ends up proving God right. So I'm going to touch on some little facts and little interesting nuggets for you as it pertains to the science of the brain and the difference between the male brain and the female brain and four biggest areas of studies that they've really been focusing on in the past uh, 10, uh, 15 or 20 years has been the difference in human male and female processing, chemistry, structure, and activity. Now, this is not some formula that you go on and apply to everybody. Right. We're all different, but these are things to consider in your interaction with not only your spouse, although that's the chiefest of relationships, but in your, with your boss, with your children, right. with your friends, your parents, your coworkers, right. your neighbors, understanding that there are some gender differences that I need to just consider on how we communicate with one another will help you be more compassionate towards one another. Right. And so I want to thank you, number one, for training me so well. Thank you for training me. You trained me well. I need you. Yeah, I need you in my life. You keep me, you keep me stable. You keep me stable. Thank you, Woody. So let's just keep keeping each other stable, all right? Because yeah. that's important, all right? Yes. I also want to say this before we move on. I meant to say this in the first service. I just want you all to know how proud I am of her as she launched the women's ministry on this Friday night. I am so proud of her. Pastor Patricia Gregory. I am like super duper amped and proud of her. Excited for her. I think he's working on something, y'all. I think he's working on something. Always working on something. You better <laughs> believe I'm you, always working you. on something. All right, so now, since it is so vitally important, how do we make sure that we're communicating effectively? I mean, a lot of times we're talking to each other, but nobody's really listening. It's like a lot of words are being said, but no progress is being made. So how do we know that? So we're going to look at, at four practical steps today that will help us. But let's not forget Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33 that we talked about on last week. We don't have to turn there. Remember, the way to communicate with a male is you first have to make him feel respected. You're not going to get far with him if he doesn't feel respected in what you're saying. Then vice versa for the lady, you know, in order to make waves with her and to really, uh, really in increase your position with her, she has to first feel loved and secured if you're going to make progress in your communication with her. So remember, he needs respect. She needs to be loved in every form of communication that goes on between the two of them. So let's look at letter A. We've got four of these to look at today, four practical steps. Letter A, discover, learn about and show interest in the interest of your counterpart. Go with me to Romans chapter 15. And of course, in context, this is talking about a spiritually mature believer helping one that is less mature. I mean, in the body of Christ, once you grow to a, a level of maturity, it's not even about you anymore. You get everything you need from God, and so you can make it about the other person. When a person reaches maturity in God, they don't need other people to make them happy. Not even in a marriage relationship. Right? And so what happens is when a person reaches spiritual maturity, it's no longer about them. It's how can I help you get to where you need to be in your relationship with God? And to have a healthy marriage, you've got to have two people that are spiritually mature that make it about the other person and not about themselves. Listen, marriage is about giving. If you are selfish, don't get married. That's right. That's right. You have to be selfless in a marriage. Romans chapter 15, part A, the Passion Translation says, Now those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized. Well, how do you recognize them? Part A here, for they don't live to please themselves, but they have patiently learned how to embrace others in their immaturity. And so a lot of times what you've got to understand is in a relationship, when somebody is acting out, I know mean, a lot of times they're acting out to get their way. Amen. On both sides of that. So someone has to be mature in that situation and say, you know what? I'm really getting ready to make this all about them and help bring them up so that we can come up together. Amen. Right? Part B of verse 2 or part A of verse 2 says, our goal, part A says, our goal must to be in must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them. This is spiritual maturity. What you have to have in any relationship, boss, employee, husband, wife, 
boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you call it, whatever you call it, what you have to have is spiritual maturity. You have to have two people who are not overly consumed with themselves. That's right. And can literally see what the other person needs and then looks to bring them up in that area. That's right. And, you know, God, God created us with, you know, certain chemicals in our brains. We're talking about learning, adapting, and showing interest with, in what the other person is interested in. And, and the way our brains are made up, we have four main neurochemicals that's in our brain that helps us engage in different ways among men and women. There's serotonin, yeah, serotonin, which is known among other things to help us stay calm and settled and keep us seated in one place. Also, there's the, the uh, oxytocin, which connects us to one another. Men have large levels of testosterone, that aggression, ah. sexual thing. Ah. And then women, we are very familiar with estrogen, right? And that's that growth reproductive female uh, neurochemical. And, but in that, in that testosterone, what tends to happen is that men, it, 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 this is a chemical that will make, naturally make men more active, more physical. Therefore, if you look at a little boy, he, don't have, he has issues sitting still. All over the place. And we're constantly trying to get him to be still. You got to sit on him. He needs something to do. How many have, have had little boys and a little girl? You notice a difference right away with that little boy. He, he, he wants to move around. Well, that tends to be the behavior or the default of a man. But the female in her serotonin, which she has a lot of, she can easily just sit still and she's engaged just naturally. So she might naturally at first show some interest. She may naturally at first be engaged. You know, women, we, we, we're, we're good at playing coy when we're in that dating stage. Yeah, I'm going to go to the football game with my boo. We're going to go to the football game, and I'm going to sit there. I'm going to be interested, too. I don't know nothing about first down, second down, third down, or fourth down, but all I know is that we're getting down. And then... If you're married. If you're married. Well, I'm not even getting down. So we're going down. Going Hopefully. to the game. Join the game. Right. We're going I just wanted to, to make that clear. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming towards going down the aisle. Okay. All right. So we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Thank you for cleaning that up. That yeah. needed some cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. You balanced me. Yeah. You complete me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we're good at that until after a while when we're seeing that it's not being reciprocated. You're like, no, you go to your game and me and the girls going to go to the movies. All right. So, so now we're working on something. So you end up seeing here... If I don't become interested in what she's into, then I'm no longer interesting to her. And vice versa. So now she begins to associate what she's interested in with other people and not me. So now we begin to grow apart. Those gender differences cause us now to grow apart instead of growing together. So what I have to do then is be intentional. If we're going to grow in our relationship, I have to now become interested in what she's interested in so that I can stay interesting to her. Exactly. And then the stuff that she enjoys, she associates with me and not other people. So you knowing that little difference in your brain functions will now invite you, I pray, to, okay, I know I, I probably want to go and do something right now, but she wants me right now. You know, last Monday, I wanted to go to the mountain to work out. He said, I'm going to spend time with my baby. And, I, and so I woke up actually wanting to go to the gym. She didn't want to go to the gym. She wanted to go to the mountain. But I said, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to do something she's interested in. So he comes to the mountain with me. That's all. That was two things I wanted on Monday morning. I wanted to go to Kennesaw Mountain and felt like I did some work. <laughs> and afterwards, I wanted a vegetable almond and some buckwheat pancakes from the pancake house. <laughs> Those are the only two things. But we did that. I didn't care about anything else afterwards. What we did, I didn't, just as long as I was just spending time with him. I don't know if we really talked that much. But just the fact that we were just together all day Monday was all I needed. All right, so now watch this. I was not interested in the Kennesaw Mountain. <laughs> but watch this. But I'm interested in her. So if she's interested in Kennesaw Mountain, then if I become interested in Kennesaw Mountain, I become interesting to her. Yes. Right, so and in order to stay interesting to her, I've got to stay interested in what she's into. So the longer I stay into her, 
the longer she stays into me, and we can have a healthy marriage over the long time, over the long haul. You know, I'll tell you what my grandfather used to always say. He said, you got to go along to get along. That's real pimping right there, boy. That's real pimping right there. That's real pimping. It's your turn. See, you done lost you over here messing around, being silly. The, the game is to be sold. Not to be told. Let her be. Listen with your total being. <laughs> Listen with your total being. Let her be. Now, this is an important one because how many of you know, guys, a lot of times she's talking, but we're not listening. She said a whole lot, but if she says, what did I say? <laughs> how many of you know, we like, girl, stop playing. You know I heard what you said. <laughs> I ain't getting ready. We're going to make an argument out there. I'm not getting ready to repeat everything you said. I, I heard what you said, right? And so remember, the more intimate we become with God, the more intimate we can be with each other. And God actually teaches us how to be intimate with him. So if we can learn from that vertical relationship, it will teach us how to actually be more intimate with each other. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 55, and let's read verses 2 and 3 out of the Passion Translation. Uh, right here, Passion Translation, Isaiah 55. And it's really written to men because God understands men. Watch what it says here. It's written to the children of Israel. It says, why spend your hard-earned money on something that can't nourish you? or work so hard for something that can't satisfy. So if you understand the makeup of a man, a lot of his value is in what he does. And so he's going to spend a lot of time out there working, trying to bring in resources. And, and what God is saying is that's never going to satisfy you above an intimate relationship with me. That's because right. if you have an intimate relationship with me, you won't have to work that hard because everything you're looking for, I'll bring it right to you. That's right. It's the same thing with a woman, right? You don't have to work hard if you have an intimate relationship with her. Let's keep reading here. It says, so listen, listen carefully to me, and you'll enjoy a sumptuous feast, delighting in the finest food. See, I'll give you the best of everything if you'll just learn how to listen to me, right? And so if you're not getting the best of everything from God or out of your relationship, it's usually connected to a listening problem. Mm. I need a better amen out there. Mm. Stronger that hurt, amen. That hurt, that. that hurt, that hurt, that hurt, that hurt, that so hurt. So it's usually connected to that for us because a lot of times with men, we don't want to listen to anybody. I got this, right? And it's, it's best seen in, in driving in directions. Babe, you sure you know where you're going? Yeah, I know where we're going. And then he won't admit this. I've done this till we're about an hour and a half, later. two hours out of the way before I finally said, Bay, I think we might be going the wrong you think? way. You think? Come on, anybody else out here know what, know what I'm talking about, right? So we've got to learn. This is the greatest helper outside of God and the Holy Spirit that we have on the earth. We've got to value listening to the asset that he's given us in the form of our counterparts and our wives. So listen to what he says. Uh, verse 3, pay attention and come closer to me and hear that your total being may flourish, spirit, soul, and body. I will enter into an everlasting covenant with you and will show you the same faithful love that I showed David. So notice, we're in covenant with God. Marriage is a marriage covenant. The better we respect this covenant, the better we'll respect this covenant. We will treat this covenant the same way we treat this covenant. So if you don't listen to God, you know you're not listening to people on the earth. So learning how to listen to others starts with learning how to listen to God. Let me give you some definitions here from the King James version of that same translation. The word uh, for uh, listen to me is the, in the King James is this word hearken, and it'll go up on your screen. It is the Hebrew word shama, and it means to listen intelligently, to pay attention, which means we can hear words but not pay attention to anything that's being said. Why is it so quiet in here, second service today? Right? This men can do this, right? We can let you go on and on and on and on and didn't hear a word that you said. So much so she'll, she'll tell you a friend of mine who's married, for his ringtone on his phone, when his wife calls him, his ringtone goes wah, 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 wah. How many of y'all know that is extremely disrespectful? That ain't right. That ain't right. But this is men, okay? 
Every time his phone rings and it's his wife, that's what it is because she's never with him when the phone rings. So that's how he can kind of get away with that. So watch this now. This, this is distinct from the central, simple act of hearing. It means listening on purpose. So that means we can listen not on purpose. The phrase incline your ear is the Hebrew word nata. It means to stretch or to bend or to lean into. So one of the greatest ways to let a, a, a woman know that you're listening to her, number one is to keep eye contact with her and then lean into the conversation. Now she knows she has your undivided attention. And then be able to give back to her exactly what she just said. So after she's done, be able to say, babe, now, the, what I understood from what you just said to me is this. And then let her bring clarity to that for you, okay? Great skill to have there is to say, babe, now, this is what I understand from what you just said. All right? And then so it means to, to lean in, to stretch, to bend towards. It implies that you are doing something to cause yourself to yield. So I'm not listening with just the intent on hearing words, I'm actually listening with the intent on yielding or doing exactly what you said. So for a woman, if the end result is that you don't change and you don't do what I said, you have not listened to me. And then if you don't listen to me, why should I talk to you in the first place? So that wall If you're not going to do what I asked you to do, that then that wall starts. goes up, okay? And then the last thing here, and your counterpart, well, yeah, I want to make sure I say this part. So when we listen, we need to do it on purpose, intelligently, and with our entire being. And so you have to know and understand, ladies, there's something about yourself. And men, you need to be informed because you need, some, some, you need to be informed. We need help. We are complex. So that going back to this here brain, a man's brain is bigger than a woman's brain. It is. But then again, a man's head is bigger than a female's head. Amen? You had to throw that in there. But beyond that, a woman inside of her brain, which is bigger, despite of that, is that part called this hippocampus. You see, I'm sounding a little intelligent. How am I doing, Dr. Hurd? Am I doing okay? I'm doing okay. So the hippocampus is larger in a female, and what it is is that one of the things that it is is our human memory center. It's that ROM. It's that read-only memory area. And ours is larger, so when we bring up what happened 15 years ago, with all the data that was, the colors, the feel, the smell, the wear, most of the time we're going to be right. And we've moved on, fellas. Am I right or wrong? What? So it's a waste of time in your listening skills to try to negate what she's recalling because most of the time her memory recollection is a lot more uh, uh, accurate than yours. Why? Because she has a whole lot of more, whole lot more neurotransmitters. It's bigger, but she has more neurotransmitters that's going on back and forth. So what's going on? She recalls situations and occurrences and experiences with all of her sensory elements, with the touch, with the feel, with what it tasted like, what it looked like, what it smelled like. She's recalling it, and that's downloading in her memory. But not only that, she's also associating the emotive aspects of what she's remembering. So her experiences, she will recall whether she felt sad, whether she felt hurt, whether she felt violated, whether she was angry about a situation. She'll be able to recall it. So because all that's talking to one another, it's downloading. Not only that, but a little boy and a little girl, before they're even born, there's already differences being formulated in their brain. What? The female, when she's born, her verbal capacity is located on both sides of her brain. So she has all this verbiage, potential verbiage going on in, her, in both sides of her brain. But the male brain, that verbal department is only on the left side. So that's why we give right one here. word answers. It's right here. So How you, how you doing? I'm good. This, <laughs> I'm good. Disclaimer. I'm letting you know right now, as far as brain capacity is concerned, she will download way more words than you really care to hear. <laughs> which That's is why, why this is a skill. Which is why time is necessary because you want time to develop the keen skill, wisdom, and tact on how to weed out the unnecessary data and truly download the truly necessary data so that when he's regurgitating what, what, what he was saying, back to what he was saying, regurgitating what she said, the point is to highlight the points. 
Because yeah. typically what a man's going to say, she's going to describe, well, it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and, and I know because they had, babe, get to the point. What is the? It was a blue car with, it was a blue car with black interior seats. I, I remember because it smelled like bacon in there, and we were driving was. past a big building on the left-hand side. Remember the left-hand no side because it was a real tall building with a glass front. Listen, you remember bottom all line. That? He was like, no, all I remember is we was going to the restaurant. That's it. Bottom line. What's the name of the street that the restaurant is on? She's going to say, well, if you go down, you're going to see a tall building on the right side. Just beyond that, hook that left. You're going to, listen, just give me the two streets that the street is on. The address, I'll punch it in. I'll meet you there. Right? So, so why is this important? See, I was uh, sharing earlier, uh, Minister George was sharing to me, we were just talking, and he was talking about how he sometimes will go and, and, and spend time with Sarah, his youngest daughter, and play video games with her. And I'm sure in that exchange, this is a dad, a male, and, a, and his little baby girl, in this exchange, there's a lot of conversation going back and forth. I don't know how much of it he was really listening to or not. All I know is that he remembered to tell me that he won one game. You beat your own daughter, George. <laughs> and, of course, she wanted to refute it as women. I mean, she's being well-trained by Minister Carol. I'm proud of her. Yes. But what matters is that now she's having this experience, and he doesn't even realize it, that is formulating right. her expectations in the future. Right. Because she's female. She is downloading, and she is forming with her emotions, with her senses. She's seeing. She's smelling. She's interacting. She's moving. She's touching. And Daddy is right there. So she's learning what to expect from so a man now, from that he, relationship. So now, when she grows up and she's dating, and she's, she's going to cross that path, Minister George, of dating somebody. She's going to cross that path. I don't want to think about it. If, when that time comes, guess who he's going to have to match? Daddy. Because Daddy has helped formulate in her, and, and it's been processed in her memory, downloaded as an expectation that this is what I need. That's good. Good. This is what I need. And so, therefore, when it comes down to communicating, I know it can be done because my daddy did it. That's good. So to have intimacy and communication between males and females with all of these gender differences, we got to learn how to listen with our total being. Give each other our undivided attention. Look each other in the eye. Lean into each other. And make sure that we actually agree on the terms of our communication before we move on. Right. And the sensitivity there that has to be recognized is that women, when we, if we're talking too much, after all, we need to slow down and reevaluate what's essential for his hearing. He, not be, he might not be able to tell you about the drama that, to deal with all the details involved with the drama that happened in the office on that day. That's so good. So we need to be sensitive in that exchange to give him what he can handle. But men, you have to know in the conversation and in the communication exchange that you do need to engage. Right. You do need, and, and because you feel like you need to do that, it's expected that she, you think that she needs to do that. But the reality is a woman can do multiple things at the same time. That's amazing. You all say amen on everything that benefits you all. Soon as something on the other side. Fellas, you got to learn how to speak up in these so, services, man. It's just part of how she's made. She can sit there. She can cook, clean. She can cook dinner, be cleaning the dishes, be giving instructions, and be talking to you all at the same time. And she's fully engaged. But because you need to be totally listening in the situation, he's going to expect that that's what's required of her. Not always, but females, because we need it from them. We should be willing to give that to him. That's good. That's excellent. So, again, listening with your total being leads us to letter C. Plan times and settings just to communicate. Plan times and settings just to communicate. No movies, no nothing. Plan times and settings just for us to sit across from each other and have healthy conversations. Okay? Now... Uh, purposely set aside, time, set aside time just for communication. Have a date night with your counterpart just to talk. Men, we may feel like we don't need this, but the truth is we actually need it more than we think. Yeah, you sure do. Because we actually need her to be deliberate and tell us what's really going on, and it'll help bring balance in our lives. Because a lot of times we think we're doing great until we have a conversation with them then we realize it's not going as well as we thought it was. 
Come on, any, any guys in here know what I'm talking about? Man, I thought this was a great situation until Dog, we had happened? this conversation. When that happened? When did this? When did all of this happen? I well, didn't you even need to know remember you back like when, that. two years ago, when you didn't represent me right so, in front so of your mother. So you've been feeling like this And you this let your mother talk years? to me any kind of way. Well, yeah, I've been feeling like this any kind of way. You should have you known that I didn't like the way your mama was talking to me back then. And we moved from Michigan all the way to Georgia, and you still talking about well, what listen, happened in Michigan? Listen, because you still letting it slide. So now watch this. The longer we let that go, so if we don't plan times for communication, the longer we let that Boom. go, when that comes out, it's a bomb. I want to read one verse to you so we can move on with our clock here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I want to read it out of the Message Bible, verses 32 through 35. Plan times and settings just to communicate. When we were dating, a lot of our dates were at the library just to help us understand each other, right? And just to communicate and to talk and be clear about what I was looking for, what she was looking for. We were on the talking side of the library. Yes. What I was expecting, what she was expecting. Now, I mean, we can't move forward if we're not on the same page. That's right. Right? That's right. So remember, dating is for the purpose of collecting data without your bodies being involved. Yeah, let me interject this, though, because, see, in that you can still remain objective and effective in the communication exchange. When you start getting your bodies in, uh, involved, that's, that, that chemical I was talking about, that oxytocin for a female, she will become attached. And ladies, you'll find yourself attached to a bad situation, not fully informed nor interested in who you are because now the body now has clouded the reality of the situation. The oxytocin was originally downloaded into us for a better connection between mom and baby and for when that consummation act actually happens. In marriage. In marriage. So that's why you want the time the intentionality and the objectivity of learning who it is that you're dating so that when you do say, I do, you are informed about what you're getting yourself into without the body creating fuzzy glasses that aren't the right prescription and you end up in a situation that you realize later you are blind. Right. Then you're married to a body that you can't communicate to. And then, and, and don't, because see, women, we can do some things, so... And then that's when that fatal attraction type of stuff start happening. Because now why is he out? Where is he Busted at? Busted windshields. All right, let's get to this point. That was a, that was a good point. Yeah. Let's stop right here because we don't want to give no ideas out here. I felt something rising up in here. <laughs> Pull out of there. Pull out. We don't want to give nobody no ideas in here. Like, oh, bust his window out. No. Sugar in the gas tank. <laughs> Key cars, yeah. All right, and I just want to say this. As, as a man, I actually told her during the dating process that we would not be having sex before marriage because I want her to understand if that's important to you, this is probably not the right relationship for you. So the more you talk about stuff on the front end, there yes. are no surprises on the back end. That's right. That's right. Right? And so, men, I'm encouraging you to lead from the front. That's right. See, again, you don't hear no men out there saying amen. Come on, fellas, man. Come on. Let me say it again. I'm encouraging men to lead from the front. Set the tone early, right, for what your intentions are so she's not sitting at home guessing what are we doing. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 32 through 35. Says, I want you to live message Bible as free of complications as possible. Yes. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Free. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse. Please your spouse. Leading to so many more demands on your attention. Yes. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend on becoming whole oh. and holy instruments of God. Yes. I'm trying to be careful and helpful here and make it as easy as possible for you. Not to make things harder, 
All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. And so the married person cares about how they may please their spouse. And if that is a priority of yours, the only way you can know and understand how to please your spouse or your counterpart is by spending quality time communicating to each other what that looks like to each individual. Exactly. So we're talking about planning times and settings just to communicate. Going back to that awesome, awesome organ in your body called the brain, we have to know and understand that men, they have a whole lot of gray matter in the brain. And, th and these are those parts of the brain that's just tunnel visioned. Men has a lot more uh, gray matter, so they are task goal focused. A guy can see the gazelle way down there about 600 feet away, and he can pull out that weapon and probably hit it because that's what he's gearing at. But he'll come home. Can't even see the shoes he left in the doorway. Can't you see. Said, you said, they will, he will, because the goal is to come home and get comfortable. He will walk right past the shoes. He will walk right past the socks. He will drop his pants right in the doorway because the goal is to what? Get to my chair. <laughs> Have you ever experienced, you know, your husband, your dad, your brother, whoever? The goal is to make a sandwich. That's my goal. I want a sandwich. If you've been around for a while, there was a sandwich that guys used to make all the time called the Dagwood sandwich. And so you make them. I remember my dad, he was making himself a Dagwood sandwich. This is true. I remember this. And he's got everything out. And so he got, because it was right there. But then when it came time for him to, that, that, that last piece was the meat and the cheese. And my mother had put it in the drawer instead of in the little, on the shelf over on this side. And he opened up the refrigerator and he was like, Honey, well, they call each other Yobo. Yobo, yo yo where's the cheese and the meat? And it was right in front. It was a snake. It would have bit him. It would have bit him. And the same thing goes for, you know, with, with, you know, with them, with females, because we have a lot more white matter that is interworking with the gray matter. And so, therefore, the matter and other processing centers, they, they connect to one another. So, it says here, this profound brain processing difference is probably one of the reasons why you notice that girls tend to be, get, be able to transition more quickly in between tasks and others because that gray and white matter working together makes us multitasking. It makes, makes us able to do multiple things at one time. So you ever remember, I'm going back, I'm talking about a whole lot of back in the day. Remember when mama was on the phone and she's on the phone this is before earpieces and Bluetooth. And she's cooking, and she's on the phone with her girlfriend. And you probably do this now. On the phone with your girlfriend, you're cooking, and you're trying to keep an ear out for the latest news. And the honey comes in inside the house, and he's like, babe, where the keys at? And instantly, when she starts talking, baby, they over there uh, on the counter where you left them by the door. Girlfriend on the other end, she automatically knows to stop talking. Right? She knows that all I can stop talking, let her respond, and then she'll come back and be like, yeah, girl, he just wanted to know where the keys is. But what were we talking about? And girlfriend would just pick back up in the conversation like nothing ever happened. Now, let's switch that. This one right here. Phone ring. He can't be doing anything else. Phone ring. Hey, what's up, G? Yeah, what's up? Oh, no, I ain't doing nothing. He will get up, leave the football game, go into the other room, close the door, and sit down at his desk and have a, this is not a business conference call, this is just kicking it with this boy. <laughs> and if I come in there and say, babe, where the keys at? He'll be like, man, I gotta go, cause she need to know where the keys at. <laughs> and G will understand. You're like, yeah, you can't, yeah, that's right. All right. Stop all that laughing. It's the truth, though. It's the truth. Because he's talking to his boy. His boy is like, if he was to try to answer that, baby, they over there on the countertop by the door where you left them. G's going to be like, man, what you talking about? Because, <laughs> guys, they're not programmed to naturally multitask. They are task and goal-focused driven. But we can dip in and out of a conversation, pick it back up, and drop it like nobody nobody's business. So with that, it's imperative that we have no, meetings. No, I'm well, not going to let that go like that. 
but, but for time's sake, I'm going to let it go today. All right. And so let me just move you through this next piece. You need to have regularly scheduled meetings with your significant other on a consistent basis, a weekly meeting, once a week. And we're not going to get into all the details of it for time. But once a week, we would talk about five things, would you say, the first seven years of our marriage religiously. We would start off with a marriage devotion, and then we would have our meeting. How many know the marriage devotion helps you be spiritual going into the meeting? Because if you're not spiritual, that meeting can go real fleshy. The devil will join the meeting. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? We didn't invite him. He just showed up. Now he's a part of the he meeting. He crashed the party. He crashed the party, right? We would talk about five things. Those five things were what's going well. We'd always build each other up. Start the meeting off on a positive note. Second thing was what's not going well. Now we've got to really deal with, with issues in our marriage, right, and talk about the tough stuff, right? And so we would each share and, and, and take turns talking about what's not going well. We convinced each other over time that we were not each other's enemy. So anything that we're sharing in that moment is only to help the marriage and not to hurt it. So then we convinced each other, let's only talk about two to get to number three. Number three was what do we need to do to improve? And so we would come up with an action plan. She would give me one for how to improve with her. I would give her one with how to improve for me. And then throughout the week, we would work on that so that we're now growing in our relationship. Then we would have uh, the portion of the meeting called scheduling because when, I mean, when kids get involved and all this, this, this movement that's happening, things that blow a marriage up is somebody forgot to pick the kids up. I mean, when I blow a marriage up or somebody was expecting dinner and nothing's there to eat or just whatever. We're just not on the same page or someone calls the other one last minute and says, I need you to go do this without any consideration of what that one's been doing all day long. So the scheduling was to keep us on the same page. Who was doing what all week long? As and, much as possible. Because there are pop-ups, but you want to minimize the potential of pop-ups. Which lowers the stress. Yes, exactly. All right? And then the fifth one was finances, right? You've got to be on the same page financially. So we'd bring out the checkbook. We'd bring out what our goals are, all the bills, right? So it's important for me as a husband and a leader to always show her where we're at financially, where we're trying to go, and then how we're going to get there so it justifies when I have to cut spending or any other decisions I have to make financially, she can actually see that. I'm just not telling her something. She can actually see it based off of the goals that we have, which allows her to get behind me and support that because she's built into it. So as long as she can see herself in it, she doesn't mind supporting, helping getting the family where we need to go. Anything you want to add to that? And that's vice versa because there's a lot of situations, our best friends, where she handles the finances. He's still responsible for being informed. That's right. He's still responsible for leading the family. So in that time of meeting, now he can see, okay, this is where we are and this is probably where we need to go and now he's updated on what's going on it's not a matter of who's who's who, who's in control as much as it is who's better at it that's right and he lord no he better at it the banks would be really rich if i was involved it's called late fees so he, he's the one better at it in our household and he monitors it daily so we're both on the same page so therefore if there's a goal i'm not bucking him thinking he's trying to get over on me because he's telling me to cut spending and vice versa. We know where we are and we know where we're going, but also it minimizes the potential of surprises. Yeah. And think about it. Even to this day, we've been married 22 years, right? And we still live every 22 years in November. We still live every 30 days. So just two weeks ago, I told her, stop spending for the rest of the month because we live every 30 days. So we set those goals, right? Doesn't matter how much money is in the bank. Doesn't matter how much is in savings. Doesn't matter. We have a 30-day goal. Right, so the only way to get to your five-year goal is to manage every 30 days. That's right. Are you all listening? So even though there's plenty of money and savings, all kinds of different things, because we're managing 30 days, I just told her two weeks ago, stop spending. Don't spend anything else for the rest of the month. I just cleared everything out, paid everything off, and so we're going to streamline everything for the rest of the month. What I love about her is she allows me to do that, but here's the balance to it. She knows she's in there. And so I've always told her, if you say, let me say no today, I'll give you a bigger yes tomorrow. That's right. Wish, that's right. Okay. All right, and then let's close here. Let's go ahead and get there, babe. Ask questions, okay? And then we're done for today. Ask questions. 
Questions can create problems in a relationship. I mean, y'all agree with that, right? But the reality is you don't want to sit around and not know the answers to the questions that you have. And so now, if you go through the Gospels, you'll notice that Jesus, who was the greater communi greatest communicator who ever lived, not only did he uh, teach, but he also answered questions. Not only did he teach and answer questions, he also asked questions. We need to ask questions of our counterpart, okay? Uh, go to me to John chapter 11. It'll go up on your screen, verse 26. You know, Jesus needed to know from his disciples. He asked them the question, who do people say that I am? Oh, right? Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 16. Who do people say that I am? See, it's one thing in a marriage for everybody else to have an opinion about Joel Gregory. But I mean, at the end of the day, the only opinion that matters is what Patricia Gregory thinks about me. Right? And so a lot of times we let all these outside voices interfere with our relationships. That's right. We got to learn how to stop that. The one voice that matters is the one that you're married to or planning to marry. That's all right, right, so Jesus needed to understand, who do the people say that I am? But after they gave all these answers, he, it was specific. He said, but who do you say I am? Right? And so that's Matthew 16, 15. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? See, a lot of times you can think you're one way in a relationship, but your spouse will tell you it's quite the difference, yep. quite different than what you think. I can remember early on, I thought I had it going on. And, boy, we were in one of those meetings, and when she got done telling me about myself, I realized, man, I got a long way to grow up in this marriage. Right? You remember that, babe? Yeah, and, and that's a great example because in that situation when we were discussing it, he was 100% man in, this, in the marriage. He was 100% man. He provided. He protected. He worked. But I needed husband. I wasn't a good husband. He wasn't a good husband, and that's where he needed to step up. Right? And you know what husband was? Being intimate, calling her all day, being polite, being considerate, Co coming, being considerate. coming in the house and setting my being stuff down. Being appreciative. Appreciative. Yeah, saying thank you. All of these little things I didn't do. One night she literally told me in the bed, she said, you are so hard and callous. And, you know, as a man, if you really love her, you're going to take that to heart. This is the man of God ministering to thousands can quote scripture, know all the books of the Bible. All of that, but not a good husband. Baptized in the Holy Spirit with a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen to that, though. All of that, but not a good husband. Because I grew up in Detroit. I grew up hard. hard. You don't show no emotion. You don't, not towards females. You don't hold no hands. You don't show public affection. All of that will make you a mark, and now you're soft, and now people are going to try you. And so, believe it or not, I brought that into the marriage. And yet, she needed affection and love and kisses, right? And so, we're in this meeting. I'm providing, but I'm not being a good husband. So, we got to learn how to ask each other, how am I doing in this marriage? And then be able to take it when they tell you. Yeah, so, and that's good. So, in that, oftentimes, men can get caught up in chasing success. Not understanding that when you honor her and you treated his daughter right, he will cause success to find you. That's right. All right, I'm going to hit these other ones real quick. Another important question, do you believe in me? See, believe it or not, everyone in this room can walk away from me. But if she believes in me, I actually believe we'll build this again. That's the honest truth. I really don't need everybody. I just need her. And as long as I know she believes in me, I actually believe I can conquer the world and vice versa, okay? So notice, this was important to Jesus as well. In John eleven twenty six, 26, he says, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then look at the specific question he asked in the New King James Version. Do you believe this? So it's important that we ask the question, do you believe in me? Right. Do you believe I can take us to where I told you we're going to go? That and beyond. Do you believe I can provide we for you? We're just getting started, baby. You've been providing. You're going to continue to do so. Do you so. believe I'm going to be faithful to you for the rest of Not our marriage? Not a doubt in my mind because my God has always been faithful to me. Got to ask these questions, right? And vice versa. We got to ask And I know other. what he'll do if you're not. <laughs> Why you got to keep throwing that kind of stuff in there? She ain't going to be happy till I... Well, see, I can't do that. I can't do it. Right. Now, why are you afraid? I mean, a lot of people live in fear in their marriages, in their relationships because of previous stuff. 
You know, if they were in an abusive relationship in the past, any little thing triggers that, right? So we don't learn how to talk these things through and then learn how to help each other so that we don't do things that trigger that, right? So important to ask each other, is there any fear that you have in this relationship? And if so, how can I help alleviate that fear? And you know, this one, is a, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, one mistake I made, of course, I grew up aggressive. I grew up fighting all the time. I did all that. And early on in our marriage, I would play with her. And I'd say, what you say? What? And she would say to me, please don't do that. <laughs> right? And, and then she began to explain to me why. But then another time, I actually went too far. I was hiding behind the door. And um, <laughs> nobody told me she was a third-degree black belt in three different disciplines. And so, Ray, I was hiding behind the door. I jumped out, grabbed her around the neck. She threw this move on me. I'm just going to leave that alone. And I knew, I knew right there, I'm going to leave this girl alone for the rest of my life, right? And so, being able to communicate these things, we all, how I many you know we all have fears? And it's our counterpart's responsibility to help alleviate those fears in our lives. You know, we don't ever, I don't ever want to trigger anything in her that would make her think I'm cheating on her. Right? And so if she tells me that, you know, when you do this, that makes me uncomfortable, if I don't listen to that and keep doing it, I'm going to keep triggering that response in her. Yep. And I can go on and on. So many other examples. Last one, and then we're done for the day. Do you love me? See, a lot of times we live in these relationships and, and it's not real clear whether or not we really love each other because we don't understand that love is an action word. So I'll just give a synopsis of John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. You might remember Jesus needs Peter to fulfill his mission in terms of why he went through the death, burial, and resurrection. So he comes back to Peter and he asks Peter a specific question. He says, do you love me? Now, notice he didn't leave it there because Peter said, I do. If you ask most men if they love you, they will say, I love you. But notice Jesus said, feed my lambs. See, love is an action word. Usually, if you love me, then there's something I need you to change for me. If you're unwilling to change, you don't love me. That's how a woman will translate that. He asked Peter a second time, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, and feed my sheep. So he said, take care of the babies first and then take care of the older people. Then he asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? Peter got upset and said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, well, then feed my sheep. So notice, a woman, in order for you to prove your love to her, it's going to require that you consistently change and grow and be willing to do something that she's asking you to do for her that's important to her. Exactly. And in those... Hold on, but you notice no amens from the men. They're All taking I it in, baby. They are taking it in. I already said that they're not verbal. Remember, we talked okay. about right, they're, that's not, right. they're brains, not verbal. Brains. So, so Different you know, sides. they're not as verbal. So those connectors are not popping off like that. It's just one side. Let's close. Okay. <laughs> We're just out of time. So do you want me to go through Colossians? No, let's just close. Okay. Did you all get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet. I just want to read this, this statement in conclusion. Communication is truly the foundation of relationships, right? And our ability to communicate is one of the single most important factors that will determine the strength of any relationship that we're in. And so... If we can strengthen our race relationships on any level, whether that's boss, employee, husband, wife, significant other, father, son, whatever it is, then we can learn to have intimacy with each other and experience the joy of that intimacy. What makes our relationship work is I know who she is and she knows who I am, and there's a respectful appreciation that we both have for that to treat that right. At any point we get outside of that, then our marriage will begin to go south. But the more we build that, the more our relationship grows. And what I want to say publicly, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to be together for the rest of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Love you more. Let's lift our hands to the Father. This requires work, for folks. I wish there was some kind of something I could download. It's going to require effort on your part. A whole lot of effort to have intimacy with someone of the opposite sex. And so, Father, I pray for every person in this room today under the sound and authority of my voice, Father, that they won't just be hearers of the word, 
but they'll be active participants and doers of what it is that they heard today, bringing a level of intimacy to every relationship that they have, first starting with you and then with the people that they love the most in their lives. And so while you're in that attitude of prayer, I pray that prayer over them in Jesus' name. While you're in that attitude of prayer today, if you're in this room today, remember the greatest relationship you can have is the one with Jesus or the one with God through a personal relationship with Jesus. The better you learn how to listen to God, the better you'll be able to listen to and love the people that are important to you in your life. So if you're in here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm on.